Hello, my wonderful people. I hope you are having a fabulous day today or whenever you decide to download this episode of the Cool Sore Podcast. Welcome to the show. Today we are joined by a cool bruh of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. I've been having a lot of cues on lately, uh, but I'm definitely enjoying our conversations with everybody. That's just what we do. Chase Harris, he is the co-owner, co-creator of Urban Intellectuals. And I tell you, you know, going into certain interviews, you kind of like imagine what you think the interview will be. Well, this interview turned out completely different than what I thought it would be. When I tell you this conversation will stimulate you spiritually, um, it will stimulate you motivationally, and it's just a good old conversation. It really, really is. This brother is doing some amazing work, not only in what he does with his company, but also what he is doing with his life, and he can be a shining example of how you too can change your life and the trajectory of your life by your thought process. And before we get into the interview, I do want to encourage those of you who are in Atlanta, have children, have uh, girls in particular, or nieces, or you have a friend of a friend who has a daughter between the ages of 8 to 18, my nonprofit, Sporty Girls Incorporated, we're having an amazing event March 25th at Grady High School. And it's a day for girls from all skill levels to learn more about soccer, lacrosse, tennis, golf. We have Zumba and also a healthy eating station. So really, really want you to come on out and enjoy the festivities. Log on to sportygirlsinc.org to register today. And without further ado, here is my good brother. Root to the good bros. Love saying that because my dad's an Omega. So I feel like I have the uh, leeway to say certain things when it comes to Omegas. But Chase Harris is a wonderful man. He will definitely wow you in this interview so here he is the urban intellectual chase harris enjoy you know you gotta be a cool soror to talk to the cool soror herself i'm a cool soror hey y'all i am a cool soror of what's up y'all i'm a cool soror of hi i am a cool soror of podcast hosted by me Rashawn Ali it's always good to talk to the bros root to the good bros on this one Chase Harris uh, joins the cool sore podcast as our cool bruh feature of the week he's the VP of urban intellectuals and owner of urban money and he got a big old chest Chase Harris, how you doing, sir? And you are a cool bruh of... Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Yes. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are things? I I am grateful to be here. Yes. Grateful to be here. From the south side of Chicago. That's right now. Get it right now. There seems like a lot of pride that comes from the south side of Chicago. Why, why, Why is there so much pride? You know, it's always been this south side, west side thing. Yes. You know, it's always been that way. So whenever I go anywhere, I got to make sure they know I'm from the south side of Chicago. South side. It's the best side of Chicago. It's the best side. Right, that's how we roll. Yeah. Ugh. What was it like um, growing up in, in Chicago? Because for those people who would see Chicago as it's portrayed in the sure. media, sure. they're sure. thinking, oh, man, he made it out. Yeah. You know? But yeah. how do you counteract that narrative? It's the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, the media portrayal of Chicago um, you know, it's a, it's an agenda. It yeah. is what it yeah. is because the reality of the reality of it is the '90s were a lot worse. Okay. Than what it is now. 
It's just that because we're so, a media is so accessible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Read, so, the 90s were worse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shootings and everything you hear now are, the percentages are way down. But it, it's not what it, you know, what they portray it to be. Um, I grew up, um, I grew up on a nice block. Okay. Inside of a neighborhood where, you know, if you cross this street, yeah. then, you know, this is new gang territory, so mm-hmm. on and so forth. But it's just having common sense. So it's just certain streets that I didn't go on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but a lot of things that happen in Chicago that unless you live there, you don't know about is yeah. like, for instance, how, how kids get guns in Chicago, mm-hmm. the freight trains to stop in areas like Inglewood, mm-hmm. right? This is a very quote unquote rough neighborhood. And this freight train to have automatic weapons, but it has stopped there overnight. What? And it doesn't have any security on the train. And so then the next morning, all the guns are gone. Like, So wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, see, that, were, that, that, that happened. All the time. This is not like just one occurrence. So you have freight trains that come through Inglewood with 800 guns, and it stops in Inglewood overnight. And now you're trying to figure out how does somebody 15, 16 get a, have a gun like that? Where did they get it from? Right. Um, a lot of other things that happen in Chicago is, you know, you would, you would drive down a street or down an alley three, four in the morning, and it's just a crate box full of guns sitting there. How did that happen? Exactly. So, um, is, so is, it's much deeper. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's way deeper than what the media perceives it to be. So it's not just, like, for instance, if you came to Inglewood or an area like that, the west side, the south side, you wouldn't automatically just be in trouble, dodging bullets, you know what I mean? Things of that nature. It's not, um, it's not like that. Now, granted, yes, there's gang violence and there's these, you know, these type of things. That that, well, that's everywhere. Yeah. But that's everywhere. Right. So it's no different than, than any other spot. But I mean, if you walked into a certain area, you would sense to be a little heightened, like, okay, well maybe I don't need to be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, Chicago is a beautiful place. It is. Yeah, it is. Place. Yeah, yeah, I've got family that lives there. My brother in love is from the Chicago area. We were okay. just there in in, um, in uh, December. It's one of my favorite places to visit. Yeah. The food. My God. Yeah, don't get, yeah, see? <sighs> be chased with the belly. Right, right. be chased with the belly, right. <laughs> well, you know, we are, I, I love the fact that we're, we're chilling at the gathering spot, one right. of my spots that I, Definitely uh, get to interview good folks. So we relax today. We're yeah. relaxed today. Yeah. So tell me about your, your undergrad experience. Now, I, I, I heard that you really wanted to be a rattler. <laughs> and uh, that's a beautiful thing. And but, what happened? And what? The, the, rat, the, rat, the rattlers took a long time with uh, the you got in letter. Uh, Lord have mercy. It was, what, three weeks prior to when school Before school before started. Before school right. started. And right. so... You opted to go to Southern Illinois, right. Carbondale. Right. Yeah. Ah. Uh, do you ever? Uh, do you, are you still mad at FAMU? Because I see you have on a I green am, shirt today. I am mad at FAMU. Yes. Because uh, because <laughs> I, I went down there on a college tour. Mm-hmm. Um, I stayed, snuck into a few clubs, um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, I had a ball. So I was I was really looking forward to going there. Yeah. And, um, it just didn't work out. Yeah. So, a lot yeah. of you know the, the Chicago. Um, the folks from Chicago who went to FAMU, amazing. Yeah, yeah, And, and yeah. they rolled thick. 
and there's a lot of students that come to FAMU from Chicago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, really, they do. So what was it like in Southern Illinois? At Southern Illinois, you got your BS in finance. So were you always kind of like a math guy even growing up? No. Mm. Oh, okay. (laughs) So so what happened was, um, like any typical uh, 17, 18-year-old, because I started school at 17 Uh and then turned 18. So they give you this list of majors to choose from. I didn't like any of it. So my mom said, listen, you got two choices. You can go to the military or you can go to school. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not going to the military. Right, right. So I go to school and I look at all these majors. And the first thing popped in my mind was, well, which one is about money? Mm-hmm. Finance. Well, that's what I'm doing. Okay. And so the funny thing was, I really didn't catch exactly what it was until I started getting into my core classes. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, it was too late. Yeah, to try to change anything if I else. I switched, I'm going to lose so many. Yeah. So I'm committed now. Yeah, uh, but I'm I'm glad that I did finance because yeah. I learned um, a lot. Um, SIU is if you can make it in Carbondale, you can make it in anywhere. Like it's um it's really like a southern town. It is, and all the all the 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 black students are very close knit mm-hmm. because I think maybe twenty thousand, twenty two thousand people go there, and you may have about three or four thousand are black. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's almost like we all know each other. Really? Yeah. So you got like your own little. Own little school within a school. Right, 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 right. And that's right. a lot of, that's a lot of folks, 3,000, 4,000 yeah. people. So the parties used to be lit. Yeah. We can't talk about that. Okay. Talk about parties. <laughs> no, but it, man, I, I had, um, so many memories. I had, um, an amazing time. Did there. you? Um, yeah, I. Yeah, some stories I can't tell. Yeah, it's fine. But, um, I mean, you know, I'm seeing how you're looking in your eyes that you can't tell them. They just, yeah. you know. All the bad ones are covered to memory. <laughs> right. Um, but no, awesome time. Yeah. Awesome time. Yeah. Yeah. Good, yeah. good, good. So you were happy with your finance degree. Did you did you take the corporate route right out of college? So here's the funny thing. I tried. Mm-hmm. And what I learned at finance, uh, which a lot of people probably learn across the uh, United States is you come out of school and they say, well, you need five years experience. Exactly. Like, what do you mean? I just graduated from school. I don't have five years experience. Uh, so it was it was very hard to penetrate just trying to get an entry-level job, right? Yeah. Um, so what I ended up doing was I went into um, the mortgage game, mm-hmm. which was the best, worst part of my life <laughs> because I made so much money so fast. Yes. Like, um, in May, I was making $400 a month as a janitor for Carbondale. Mm-hmm. September, I made $14,000. Oh, my. At 21. Right. Blew my mind. Yeah. Right. Um, and I lost even more money quicker. Yeah. Right. Because you were like. Well, I thought it was going to last forever. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was going to last forever. So, in turn, I, I learned a lot of valuable lessons mm-hmm. financially mm-hmm. early mm-hmm. versus making those mistakes in my 30s. Right? Yes. I made them at 21, 22, 23. Okay. Um, and I just learned a lot about banking and the way that this game is set up. Yes. And you pay for what you don't know. Mm. And it can cost you so much. Mm. And those are the lessons that I'm forever grateful to have. Yeah. To sit on that other side of the table and see how this thing works. Mm-hmm. And now I see how you can get taken advantage of. Yeah. It's really designed that way. Right? It's yeah. not it's not a, 
an honest system mm-hmm. when it comes to banking. So, so when how do you think we? Well, I guess we become educated by hearing hearing people like you talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. how can we come become more educated as far as the design? Right. Uh, yeah. So you know, my my biggest advice to anybody, especially when you when you're talking about money, mortgages, a mortgage will be the biggest check you will ever write in your life. Right. People don't look at it that way. Mm-hmm. But it's the truth. You will never write a check this big. Right. You probably want to know every facet of this process. Mm-hmm. But we just go through the motions and yeah. sign the paperwork and not really sure what that meant. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so a lot of this information is in books. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of different ways to get it. Um, but what I will say about the industry is it's a conflict of interest as from a broker perspective and a client perspective, because in order for me to maximize my income, I got to give you the worst deal you qualify for. Hmm. The key word was qualify for the worst. That's exactly what happened to me in my first house. Right. You see how this works Yes. now in order to give you the best deal you qualify for, I got to minimize my income. Uh, now, which one you think I'm gonna do? Uh, the 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 best worst, so I can keep the money. All right then. So it's designed that way, hmm. right? So now you you're walking this ethical line of, well, how much money do I want to make? Right. Did you find yourself being becoming that person? Yeah. 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 It was um, in the beginning, I was just ruthless because I was so young. Um, and, and was making so much money. Right, right. I'm about to get down yeah, today. I really, I really didn't even understand right. what I was doing. Uh-huh. And um, seeing how um, in, in um, 07, 08, when the market crashed, yes. just seeing how that went, um, I began developing a conscious. And my conscious came because it was so many of my people yeah. losing everything. Oh, wow. You know, people I know losing everything, you know, um, and then I got out of the game. And then you knew, like, the reason why they lost everything. I knew exactly what yeah, it was. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that that recession was designed. That mm-hmm. happened. It wasn't an accident that that happened. Um, you know, what goes up must come down. Yeah. It just depends on what side of the table you're sitting on when it happens. Because mm-hmm. just as a lot of people lost a lot, you had a lot of people. That made a lot. Yeah, that didn't. It didn't affect them at all. It, it no. It affected them in a great way. Oh, they on the were, other side of it. Yeah, on the other side. Yeah, yeah. Like, I got you, man. We've been waiting on this. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, yeah. It, you know, education is, man, it's so powerful, and it can really change um, your life in so many different facets. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So after you got your conscience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. You wanted to, to do something different. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what, what was the next step after you were like, I can't, this is I, morally and ethically, I just can't do this any longer. Right. Um, so developing a conscious and also not wanting to be regulated mm-hmm. by any state uh, or governmental agency. Right. Because mm-hmm. regardless of how hard I work, if they just wrote a new law, yeah i can't make any money yeah right i didn't want to be attached to to that so sometimes you have to be put in such an uncomfortable position that it forces you to be great yeah so oh my gosh so i lost 
everything. So mm-hmm. like I made all this money and I you know bought all these things and I lost it all. Mm-hmm. And that was in hindsight the best thing that happened that could have happened to me. Yeah. Right. And so from there it forced me into entrepreneurship. Right? It forced me into saying, you know what? What can I do? What do I love? Number one. Yeah. And what was the answer to that? Helping people. Hmm. Okay. In particular, my people. Okay. Right? Because I knew I could talk. Yeah. Right? And I knew that I knew things that because of where I worked at, my people didn't know. Mm-hmm. So how could I give them that? And how can I still provide for myself? What was the first step? Uh, so the, the first step was um, I created Urban Money First, which is a financial literacy company. And I just tested it out with people. I would just ask them questions like, you know, if um, if you had the chance to learn about investing, and if you had the chance to learn about banking, would you be interested? But yeah. learn it in a, in a different style, not yeah. a, you know, go to a classroom setting and, you know, open a book. But, you know, at your own pace and things like that. People are like, yeah, I would be, you know, very interested in it because I don't know. And yeah. it's, I don't know what it is about black people. We get about 30 and it get real. Yeah, right? I mean. Money get real. It's like, okay. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. I don't want to say nothing because we going out tonight, but I ain't got nothing. Right? right, right. And so we get a little bit more serious. So it's it's right around that age we really begin to understand the importance of knowing things. Mm-hmm. Because if I continue on this route, nothing is going to change. Right. So as you know, you work from 21 to 30 and at 30, nothing has changed, but I have nothing. Mm -hmm. So what has happened over this past nine years? Where's the progression? Right. There is none. Right. So unless you get some education to do something differently, then what's going to be the difference between 30 and 40? Mm -hmm. There is none. Mm -hmm. Then 40, you know what I mean? So it's this, it's this path. And then this goes on from generation to generation. Right. It does. It does. So, um, I did some testing. Some people responded, and um, I jumped. Mm-hmm. I jumped out there, um, and initially I was scared. Um, married, just had my first child. We uh, we had just bought a house. Oh man, so, all these things. Yeah, all you know that that pressure of providing. Yes, being that a, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. I, I have that weight on my shoulder, and uh, I remember. I wrote this long speech <laughs> that I was going to talk to my wife about, uh, <laughs> about like why I wanted to do it. Right. And it was long as hell. <laughs> so I get home, I say, Hey, I need to talk to you. And I say, um, listen, I want to, I was working a job that I hated at the time. I said, listen, I want to, um, I want to quit my job and start my own company. Mm-hmm. She said, good, great. I'm going to cook dinner. Wow. That she probably my- saw it in you. That was my first sign yeah. that I was on the right path because I just knew this was about to be. No, what you mean? Yeah, a tug of war <laughs> conversation. Right? I mean, we had just, my son was maybe three months. Okay. Right? Oof. Yeah, so now we got to pay daycare, and, you know. And uh, she said, man, I think that's awesome. I'm going to cook dinner. And she walked right out. Wow. Did you ever ask her about how she responded and why she responded I that did. way? I did. Yeah. I did. And she said something to me that. It was so reassuring. She said, I believe in you and I trust you. Wow. And I'm willing to go through whatever we need to go through for you to do what you want to do. Tears. Wow. 
and um, here we are. I'm talking to you. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. 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 That's how that happened. Oh, so Urban Money. Yeah. Do you still like do a lot of activity with that? Yeah. Or? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So um, myself and Freddie, we're going to combine. Your business partner. Right. We're going to combine Urban Money and Urban Intellectuals. Okay. So Urban Money is going to be like the sister company. We're okay. going. So it's going to be um, like the financial piece. So in June, we're going to come out with a financial deck of the flashcards. Okay. Right. We haven't told everybody about the flashcards yet. Right. It's okay. coming. We're coming. We're, we're going to get to that part. Yes. So we're going to come out with that. And and every deck is 52 cards, right? Mm-hmm. So the 53rd card is going to be a link to the financial literacy curriculum. In which, right, right. In which you can get access to the courses. And, and we're going to take you step by step. And you got the little tear level on there the courses. Mm, there it is. There it is. Money maker. You know, you're smarter. <laughs> you're smarter or whatever. <laughs> You right. smart or whatever. So I met Chase uh, via our amazing um, mutual friend Sheree Nicole, who's a producer on Sister Circle Live. And Chase was on a Chase was a guest on our show to talk about these Black History flashcards. And I was like, "This is awesome." And it's not your who was the author of the Underground Railroad. Like it wasn't. And, and, and no disrespect to no, our, our mother, right. Harriet Tubman, right? But because Black History is um, it is so much mm-hmm. not more than that but is mm-hmm. equally as important as that that we never hear about and you decided to come up with some flashcards right why um why did you do it and why is it important so we typically regurgitate the same thing we do year after year mm-hmm. after year as if Black people have been on this earth 400 years, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It's like... <laughs> nothing happened before. Nothing happened before slavery. Right. Oh, my God. Nothing happened. Right? Right. And um, after I, de- I developed a love for reading, maybe about 22. Mm-hmm. And the reason I began to read is because I wanted to find out who God was. This is where it started. Huh? Right? Huh. And um, I read a book that was, maybe it was a quick read, maybe like 100 pages, but it was about the unk. Mm-hmm. And that book led to another book. And that book led to um, Dr. John Henry Clark. And mm-hmm. then next mm-hmm. thing I know, I'm just reading. I've never read like this, but I'm reading, you know, uh, I'm finishing books in like three or four days because my interest level began to just peak. Do you feel like you were unlocking something? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, um, I make this full circle just to come back to myself. I'm about to, you, you about to get, let me, Oh, yeah. she about to dance. I know y'all can't see us, but she, <laughs> you about to, you gonna take me down. <laughs> yeah. So I make this, this full circle. Right. 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 Just to come back to myself. And, in this process, I saw how powerful our ancestors were and the things that they were doing because our educational system have you believing that we were just primitive beings. Mm-hmm. We were running around in straw skirts and uh, naked and, and 
you know, we didn't know how to talk and right. they came and saved us. Right. Yeah. You know, when it's quite the opposite, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> that's a whole nother day. Yeah. But, but to know that they were performing brain surgery in mm-hmm. Egypt, you know, which is Kemet, like they still have the tools in the pyramids, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Brain surgery. Brain. We're talking about six, seven, 8,000 years ago. Yes. You understand what I'm yes. saying? Um, even just how the pyramids are built. They're not even pyramids, they're diamonds, mm-hmm. right? So the structure that you see on top of the sand is it's a pyramid, but it's also a, a pyramid di- underneath. underneath. So it's a diamond structure, right? And it's, it's done like that on purpose so that the light can shine inside. That's how they had light. Yeah, gotcha. Right. Because if it went straight straight down, it, that's why the yep, pyramids yep. are built right above uh, the three stars, which mm-hmm. in the Bible is. But that's that's something else. But I say all that to say that it amazed me of the things that they were doing mm-hmm. and how they did it and the time period that they did it. And when you look at that and you look at our current state yes of where we are on a global scale well where's the disconnect mm-hmm. what, what happened? happened what happened what happened yeah how did we go from scientists and uh, astronomers and mathematicians to and brain surgeons and brain surgeons right how how did we go from that to now yeah what what happened Mm -hmm. and myself and freddie we felt that it was important that you know who you are because if you know who you are rashawn if if you know that's where you came from yeah how can you be anything but great how can you be anything but great that's empowerment like this i know where i came from right but if i change the narrative to you're lucky to have what you even have because you were picking cotton, right? So you can't, you're not picking cotton anymore and you're doing, you're doing good. Be grateful for that Hmm. because you know what? They had it worse. So you're good. And so systemically, Mm -hmm. we have been taught this. Mm -hmm. So now we believe in only the minimalization of our greatness. Exactly. Right. And then, and then when you do achieve the greatness, be grateful for it. Be grateful for that. That 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 little bit of greatness. Right. 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 You good. Be grateful for that because you were here. Right. Yeah. So, you know, for us, you know, what it's about is I want to leave. Well, we, we want to leave our community in a better position in which we found it. Mm -hmm. And that's really, or should be everyone's obligation. Yes. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, and so that was the point of us creating the Black History Flashcards and why we wanted to focus on the unknown stories. Yes. Right? We wanted to focus on people you never read about mm-hmm. or will never hear about. Because if they taught you this in school, then there's no way that they can continue to control that narrative. Of what you should be. Because you know I from know which you came. From which I came from. Right? Um, even, even you know, even when they tell the story of slavery, they don't tell you the fights. 
Mm. They don't tell you the wars that went on during slavery. Right. Like we just didn't concede to being slaves. Like, well, we here now. Yeah. This happened. Yeah. We just gonna go with it. It never happened like that. There were so many fights and there were thousands of Nat Turners. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a Nat Turner. Mm-hmm. It was thousands of them. This was happening everywhere. Uprisings, wars, all over. You know, but if they were to tell you or teach you, like, yeah, your people fought back, then maybe you would fight back now. Mm. And we know we can have you doing that. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's about trying to enhance our people's mindset. And you equip them with these facts. Mm-hmm. What was the research process like? Obviously, it came from, it started when you were 22 and your thirst of reading just right. heightened, but I'm sure a couple with... Well, I'm only 24 now. Oh, well, boy, you better gone out of here. <laughs> I mean, she, she almost, you look nice or she, whatever, but... She almost said a cuss word. No, no, ain't no cussing. I mean, I will curse every now and then. You know, you know. It is my that, podcast. That, that Decatur almost came Come on, Eastside. What's up, Southside, Chicago? What's happening? Okay, sorry, guys. We just had a moment. Okay. Yeah, so what was the research process like for you to, yeah. to make sure you had the right questions, you had the right information, yeah. and all of that? Yeah, very extensive. Yeah. Um, we had to, you know, get a lot of making sure we could clear things, making sure we can clear things with the proper channels and things of that nature. Um, and only picking 52 people from, <laughs> I mean, it's I mean, so, right. It's- you know, who's more important than, you know, so the, the first, the volume one, oh, yeah. which is more so just random. Mm-hmm. Um, we wanted to, you know, give you some present day people, but also give you just some head, just some head bangers you ain't never heard of. Yeah. And we wanted to start with people that we knew. Well, maybe if you knew about, Maybe if you knew about, um, maybe if you knew about what they did, then maybe that'll spark your interest mm-hmm. to go a little bit deeper. Yeah. So, volume one was really us planting a seed. Yeah, that's all it was. It was just us. Let's plant this seed and let's see what happens. Yes. And um, what has happened? Crazy, craziest thing. So we agreed. Cause we're not the first to do this. Yeah, um, but you guys are doing it a little different. A little different, right? And so, I, I kid you not, we printed off five hundred. Let's just, cause you know it's cost that goes with this, right? So let's just print off five hundred and let's see what happened. And I think within forty-eight hours, we had like an order of like fifteen hundred. Oh my god! And we didn't even have the cards. We didn't have them. So now we had to change the language to say, "Hey, it's a pre-order." Yeah. <laughs> right. But the response was like, man, you know, it, it was, so you about to make me cry. No, don't so. cry. Don't. You can. And you can. So when you saw this response, yeah. how real did it become? Like everything from the first time your wife said, yes, do yeah. it, to you reading in this thirst of your knowledge and right. knowing exactly when you went all the way around and you came back to you and then right. you said, I'm. And I'm not just making this singular because I know you have a, you have sure. a team. Sure. But you knew it was right almost right. instantly. Yeah. At that point. Um, it's okay. You know, it's, it's <laughs> so the saying goes, you have 
two important days on this earth. Yep, I know what I know what you're about to say. The first one is the day you're born. And the day you figure out why. And the day you figured out why. Come on. We are here, Chase. Have you not noticed this? Okay, go ahead. That was my day. Yeah. Because I knew that I wanted to help people. But at the time that I made that decision, I didn't necessarily know the how it would happen. Right. But I just made the definitive decision. That's what I wanted to do. And the way that everything has happened, all you can do is smile. Yeah. Because I didn't know how it would happen. I didn't know when it would happen. But I knew that it would happen because I made that decision. Right? Okay. You said I made that decision. Mm -hmm. Thank you. When did you know that God existed in you? Oh, man. So this, let's go down memory lane. 10 plus, maybe 15 years plus, um, years ago. And um, I'm reading, I'm reading. I've probably at this point have read close to maybe about 30 books. Okay. Right. On a, on a wide array of different subjects of history, religion, um, because I knew I had to get out of Western civilization of thinking. And what had you had been taught. And what I had been taught. Yeah. And it's hard because you don't want to disappoint your mom. You don't want to. I'm about to crash out of here. She about to leave. Come on out the door. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm knocking on right. the door. So you have this this sense because this is your mom, right? And if mama said She gotta said be it, right. She gotta be mama right. Mama said it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you cannot be scared of that reaction. And, you know, my mother and I had some tough conversations. I went to private school my whole life. Mm -hmm. So it, it was, and it's funny when I have these conversations, like it was beat in my head every single day from first grade to eighth grade. We read the Bible every single day, right? Mm -hmm. Then I went to uh, high school. I went to a private high school. We did the same thing every single day. So from age four to 17, I I did this, right? And going on this journey outside of Western civilization and seeing others' point of views on different things, right? And then to come to see that I see where they got the foundation of it from. And then they put their own little twist, twist on it. Yeah. But I see where the foundation came from. And the foundation came from my people. Huh. Oh, I see what this is. This is a game. Right? And so now I see it clear as day about why it was beating my head every single day. Um, <laughs> so to, to, to answer your question, I knew when I made that complete circle was when I began studying Dr. John Henry Clark. Mm -hmm. I started learning about the Moors um, and trusting myself and not being scared of who I am. And not to say that because I discovered who I am, that makes me better than you. It makes me better than them. 
It doesn't. Mm -hmm. It just means that I'm being the best me, right? And some people get intimidated by that. They take it personal. Yeah. When it has nothing to do with them at all. But I understand why they take it that way. Yeah. Because they're not sure of who they are. Mm -hmm. So I used to be very combative. When it came to what your new beliefs were, not new right. beliefs, but understanding Just who you who I were, was, right? and then trying to convince yeah. other people. Because that... people would challenge me. Yeah. You're wrong. Mm-hmm. You don't understand that. And it took me to get a little bit older to realize that your perspective of life in your eyes on this earth is yours. Yep. Mine is mine. Mm-hmm. But what is important is one word, respect. Yeah. Period. I don't care if Rashawn said, I worship the dirt. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Great. Yeah. Good for you. Right? Does Rashawn live righteous? Yes. Is she a positive person? Yes. I have no qualms with her. Right. And it's not my job to convince her of anything different. Yes. That's Rashawn's life. Yes. We can't get past that. Nope. Because we automatically judge. Because you don't think the way I think. Right. And if you don't think the way I think then you, and the way they taught me, somebody, something, you, wrong with something wrong with you. Something wrong with you. Yeah. Something wrong with you. I have to ask you this question. Have you read Conversations with God by Neil Walsh? You said have I read it? Have you read that? Conversation. I haven't. You haven't read that? I haven't. Because it just sounds like what I'm reading right now, what you're saying. So I, I'll, 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 I'll share this with you. The more you begin to read, the more you begin to see that a lot of this stuff has a lot in common. Yes. Right? Because I've read several books from several different time periods that was kind of reaffirming the same thing. And, and I think some of those people were are... are Chosen people, but they're the they are the people that got it mm-hmm. and understand their own greatness. They're enlightened, and I think there's a, a separate set of people who are enlightened. And I think that they're not scared of the consequences that come with that because <clears throat> people, when people can't understand, this is where fear comes from. I can't understand you, so since I can't. I can't understand how you do things. I fear you. And when I fear you, you're a threat. Mm -hmm. And when you're a threat, I have to lash out. That's all racism is. In a nutshell. Yes. It's not because they truly hate us. Mm -hmm. They just don't understand us. And since I can't understand you, you're a threat to me. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds... It's a lot of people that think this way. You got to think the way I think. Mm -hmm. Something wrong with you if you don't think the way I think. Right? That's insane to think that way. But, you know. um, Wow. Yeah. We took it there. We did. You know what I mean? Me too. Rashawn is is crying. No, no, no. That was you. I saw. I saw. Don't be telling people. Okay, I saw the little, you know what I'm saying, mist no, in your eyes. No. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's, it's raining outside. It's really, grass, right, yeah, but we inside the office yeah. building. It's fine. It's totally they fine. some pollen. Right. In the, 
So um, the cards, the, the Black History cards are doing phenomenally well. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. That's good. You. How long have they been out? Since uh, July of last year. Wow. Yeah, short window. Yeah. Yeah, this is our first Black History Month. Mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. good. Yeah. How are you? How old is your son now? Um, I have two. You have I two have now. A four-year-old and a two-year-old. Ah. Both bad, but they mine. Right. They it's all be, good. They better be mine. Well, then, you know, they're so young, but how do you intend on raising them to be free thinkers? You know what? Excellent question. Um, what we're going to do is teach them. So I'm all about intelligence. And, and I want them to be intelligent thinkers that make intelligent decisions. So I'll give you an idea what I'm talking about. You can have a straight A student that make dumb decisions. Yes. Right? You can yeah. And the opposite. And the opposite. You can yeah. have a C student that makes wise. Awesome decisions. My focus is on the decision maker. Ah. Right? Yes. I'm not you know, because school is really about comprehension. It doesn't really define intelligence. Right, you got an A because you can comprehend something and regurgitate it. That doesn't mean that your intelligence level mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is here. So, I give my children a lot of reassurance. Um, I try to give them a lot of empowerment. So every day, um, my four-year-old, my two-year-old, he doesn't care. <laughs> uh, my four-year-old, every day he wakes up, I tell him, "You're the greatest man alive." Wow. And I make him say it. I'm the greatest man alive. I'm the greatest man alive. Be- because what you are doing is allowing him to see when you speak it, mm-hmm. that's yeah. that's already who you are. We're practicing that now. Yes. Right? And um, so, for instance, my wife is Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, her family is from New Orleans. And this used to be a big deal uh, before we got married. And we talked about having children. And I told her, I said, um, Children can't make those decisions at five and six, seven they can't. years old. It's not fair. They don't even know what it is. No. Right? I said, if my children, when they get of age and they want to go into whatever. Buddhism, Catholicism. Whatever it is. But it's, but it's their, right. They made that decision. Right. And they understand. We didn't have a choice. That's what I'm saying. We didn't have a choice. No, you're going to do this. Yeah. Period. You, you, don't do it and see what happens. Right? Yeah. I want them to have the choice to do whatever it is that they want to do. Whether or not I agree with it or not is irrelevant. I will respect it. They will also know where I stand, but I also want them to know, and this is important, you got to live that life. Yeah. Not me. I'm living mine. And just understand whatever it is that, what route you go, be committed to it, understand there be consequences that come with it, but you have the power to do anything you want to do. So I want my children to know at the end of the day, your mind is the most powerful thing you have. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything I can to protect that. I'm not going to let outsiders influence that. their mind. And I want them to really understand there's nothing you can't accomplish. Because you have a brain. And that brain of yours controls everything everything around you. you. Right? 
I'm going to fight you. Because <laughs> we are so, we're very much in sync. Right. Because this is a new spiritual journey for me. I've been, mm-hmm. I think, enlightened people. And I, I consider myself becoming very enlightened. And I'm not afraid to talk about it now. So I used to be so afraid. Yeah. Well, what if people judge the fact that I and I still have reservations you see I can't even I can't like yeah, how would they see me if they don't if, I, if I'm not praising Jesus when Jesus really mastered he figured it out mm-hmm. he was one of the masters he figured it out that mm-hmm. he had the power mm-hmm. but we have the same power mm-hmm. that God has given us mm-hmm. and what do I look like saying that mm-hmm. but now I'm okay with it and I feel like I'm attracting those type of people toward me. Imagine and that. so when you yeah. start talking, that's why I'm about to run out. I'm right. like, because <laughs> it's still, yeah. although I'm speaking about it more, yeah. there's still that, girl, you better go to church on Sunday. Right. Oh, girl, something you know, gonna happen. Or something gonna happen. No, absolutely. Yeah. 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 But I'm now, I'm okay. But that's natural because you, understanding that you've been told that your whole life. Yeah. So it's hard to let that go and unlearn those and things. unlearn those things yeah. right so it's, it's going through that process of yeah, i went through that process you know i i i, I call it the stages mm-hmm. you know i started reading right i became mad <laughs> That's what I, I was combative i was arguing with everybody yes. and then i finally came to the point of realizing that chase you cannot my job is not to I was essentially doing what I was talking against, which is trying to control people in the way that they were thinking mm-hmm. because I was trying to force something that I learned on you. Right, right. When that's not that's not how it goes. At the end of the day, you present what you have learned mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. What that person or people do with it. The same with the black history cards. Here's what we've learned. We want to share it, share it with you. Now where you go from here. That's up to you. Yeah. And, and, but you have the right to make that decision mm-hmm. and to make that choice on where you go. So I'm glad that you're going on a journey. like Yeah, this. I am. It's, it's a wild wow. it's <laughs> experience. Like, it's just the, just when you start to realize or peel back the layers yeah. of the truth. Yeah. It's very scary. Yeah. Cause the but, truth will always stand. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like, so I'm really already good. Like I'm yeah. great. Like we came here perfect and whole yeah but society and even our parents teach us to unlearn who we are mm-hmm. and you said you you know at that 22 that 23 you like you read all these books and you realize i can't write back can't to write myself to when we get that mm-hmm. and we re-remember the mm-hmm. greatness of who we are it mm-hmm. just sometimes it takes us a lifetime mm-hmm. or or we never get it mm-hmm. which is the uh, which is the horrible alternative yes it is the horrible yes. alternative yes. and i just i want my girls to tap into what I'm feeling now at 42, but mm-hmm. I want them to get that at 12 mm-hmm. or, or sooner. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like yeah. my daughter's 11, but then there's still that thing in me where I'm like, how do I even teach that? Right. When it's so different from how your peers or their classmates are being taught. No, absolutely. I got to be responsible. I, I, mean, I want them to be free. I don't want them to get it at 42. I want them to get it way before that so they can reach their potential and their greatness closer to and when scared. it was and when it was as pure as it ever it, that it ever could have been as a yeah. baby so yeah. i don't know it's just it's yeah. a lot yeah. 
It's a lot, and I just I just want them to be. I want them to know how dope they already are. Yeah, you're yeah. not striving to be anything. You're just being. I, I, yeah, it's just a formality. Yeah. of of how far am I going to go? Uh, I, I truly believe that everybody is born with a gift. Yes. Now, whether you discover that gift and share it is another That's a totally different. And unfortunately, most people don't. No, I believe, I I truly believe that. Because they are, and it's it's not a, a fault thing, but I was taught this. I was taught to be scared to, to dream unimaginable things. Yes. I'll give you a prime example. I'll give you a prime example. Let, let me know when I need to wrap no, up. No, it's fine. Um, I remember coming out of college, finance degree, young black kid from, from Chicago. If I could just make $70,000 a year, I'd be on. Mm-hmm. Can't tell me nothing. nothing. Right. I, I truly believe that. Right. And so I started making all this money, you know, 14,000, 10,000, you know, it it, it would fluctuate. And I remember going to my second broker and these guys um, were making 70,000, 80,000 a month. Month. Yeah. (laughs) Ferraris and all this stuff. Right. And naturally I began to befriend them because if you're the smartest person in the room, you can't learn anything. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So I wanted to learn from these guys. And at the more we began to hang out, I got to know them. They're not better than me. Mm-mm. They're not, they can't, they can't out talk me. Um, like, but what's the difference? Like, what the is difference? the difference? Work ethic. Yeah. And they believed, hear me on this. They believed it. And what I mean by this is, let me show you what belief is. They they never hoped to make $80,000 a month. They expected to make $80,000 a month. They believed that that was supposed to happen. Yeah. Whereas, I hoped that could happen one yeah. day. Yeah. Mindset. Two yep. different mindsets. Yep. If they didn't make eighty thousand dollars a month, tables would what? Every everybody stopped. What went wrong? Mm-hmm. Who's getting fired yeah. today? Yeah. Because I was supposed to make eighty thousand this month, right. uh-huh. and that was the difference between us. It wasn't skill. It wasn't talent. They just had the belief system. That's what they were worth. Yeah. I didn't think I was worth $80,000. Who, who, what black kid makes 80000 That's crazy. That's yeah. preposterous. Yeah. But see, that's what I've been taught. I've been taught that I could never be that good. Yeah. What kid makes? No, that's not possible. For you. For me. For them, sure. But for me, that's not possible. Wow. They got me. They got me to lower my standards of who I should be and how I think of myself. And I fell for it. And it all goes back to why you created the cards. There you go. When you know how great you are, you'll never 
downgrade. It's who you can be. It's, yeah, it would never it's be it, that type of thought process could it's, never even come through your mind. You can never convince me again that my worth is that small. You can never convince me again that my power and what I'm capable of is that minuscule because I know who I am. I know where I came from. I know the lineage I come from because if they were doing those things against the odds that they had during that time period, please, please, it's not, I don't care who the president is. Yeah. I don't care what he does. It doesn't matter because I control me. Yeah. Yep. Not you, not them, me. Mm-hmm. And I dictate what my life is, mm-hmm. right? And so where the conflict comes in is people don't want the responsibility of their own life. Expound. Right? So what happens is sometimes when something good happens, what what do people say? Oh, man, that can't be. God did that. Oh, oh yeah, I hear what you're saying. Now when something bad happens, what do people say? That was the devil. Yep. No, no, no. This was you. You created this. You did this. This wasn't a God. This wasn't devil. This wasn't Moses. This wasn't John. This wasn't David. This was you. No, no, no. This This was you. This was you. Right? Right. So with, with understanding who you are and where you come from. Right. This now forces you. To take responsibility for your own situation, situations and your own actions. And it forces you to stop pointing a finger at everybody else around you. It ain't nobody fault but yours. Because we have the power to create our own situation. That's what I've been doing. That's what I've been reading. And so if you, um, if you listen always tell people who say that they want to be successful and that's a relative term because that could be so many different yeah, things it's all, yeah. but I say this study successful people and what you will begin to see is they all say the same thing they do right if you study Dale Carnegie mm-hmm. um, Dale Carnegie is, um, born in the early 1900s and everything that I'm telling you, he said back then. Yeah, I know. Right? Um, it's so many different. James topics. Allen, as a man thinketh. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Um, you know, so empowerment and and knowing who you are and the power you have is life changing. It is. Right. And, and this this is why I'm so passionate about this. I know. This is why I flew out here. Right. Couldn't Skype this. I knew I couldn't Skype this. So another person who actually flew down for the podcast instead of doing a Skype interview, and I'm very grateful for that. Thank you mm-hmm. so much. Um, that that means a lot. I mean, we could have easily done yeah. it; would have been impactful. But it is like the face to face. You can't. You just can't beat the face to face. You can't. Right. Wow, this has really 
you know how you have your intention set on what you think an interview is going to be. Right. And then it totally turns into something, something yeah, sure. that is supposed to be. Right. And because I believe that somebody needs to hear right. that you created, you create everything in your life from Good your thought. Bad. Good and bad. Mm-hmm. What's the latest? What you're, re- what you're reading right now? So there is a book um, called The Ten Times Rule. And the um, author's name escapes me. But the concept of the book goes like this. Let's say Rashawn sets a goal of I want to make a million dollars this year. Mm -hmm. Right? All right. Typically, when you set that mark and you fall short, Mm -hmm. let's say that you only make half. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't reach the goal. I failed. Now, the 10 times rule is if the original goal is Rashawn wants to make a million dollars, we're going to set the goal to $10 million. Right? And that's not crazy. People think that's crazy. It's not crazy. We're going to make it $10 million because if Rashawn falls short and make only $3 million, isn't that bigger than the original goal? Of one? Of one? Yes. 10 times rule. So it's about 10 times in everything in life. So whatever that original thought was, oh, I want to do this. Do it bigger. Hmm. Do it bigger. Yeah, because you are the greatest thought of yourself. Right. So it's, it's, it's getting you out of that traditional limiting yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Like, no, nah, no. Nah. I can't do that. No, the hell no, no, no. Let's let's go here. Yeah. That's realistic. Huh. The worst thing, I heard Will Smith say this. And I I was saying it before I even heard him say it. But it was it was great to hear him say it. The worst thing you could do in life is be realistic. Because hmm. <laughs> you're setting limitations on yourself. Right? That's not realistic. I can't achieve that. Let's be realistic. You should live your life as unrealistic as possible. Man. Because you know what? There are people that wake up every day and do. Yeah. Right? Yes. So that's that's kind of what the book revolves around is 10 times in everything you want to do. Just and multiplying your highest thought of yourself by 10. By 10. I don't care what that thought is. So then. Do it by 10. So my meditation and my visualization about this show, I have a number that I want in advertising. 10. Because right now I'm at zero. 10. But, yeah, okay. All right. I got it. Multiply it times 10 and go from there. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> In 2004, you became a member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Q's in the house. What's up to the good bros? Hey, you, you know what it is about, about <laughs> pledging. When you when you get the good bros, they tell you what chapter they're from. I'm from Kill O.T. I'm from the, the kind of kind of like right, chapter. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so did Omega Sci-Fi choose you or did you choose Omega Sci-Fi? Lord have mercy. I Come was, on now. I was born to bros. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, so I'll I tell you the truth. I'll tell you what happened. So my freshman year. Um, it was towards the, the end of the school year. And um, I went to a step show. And <laughs> I was sitting in the front. And everybody was doing their little thing. 
And so the bros came out. They had a um, like a smoke machine, right? Yeah. So they arose from the smoke, and <laughs> you go to any school. Nine times out of ten, the bros gonna be the biggest dudes on the yard. Oh well, right? yes. Right. So at this time, I was very small, like mm-hmm. real tiny. You had that chest yet? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, no okay, chest. okay. No chest. <laughs> uh-uh. mm-hmm. okay, okay. No chest. Okay. <laughs> and so. <laughs> Mm-mm, mm-mm, no chest, no chest, no chest at all. And so they start hopping, they doing a the step show, and one of the bros, they hopping so hard, he goes through the stage. Stop. Goes through the stage, but here's what did it. He came from up out of the stage and stayed on step, and they kept going. I lost. I, I'm with them. <laughs> I'm with them. Besides it being an amazing <laughs> moment, you mm. know. What did that teach you about Omega Sci-Fi at that moment? You know what? I looked at them like um, they bros weren't even human. Huh. They were like Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. Hulk, you know what I mean? It's just unbelievable creatures. But uh, my chapter brother Travis um, tell a story about him. Um, I remember, I remember that step show, right? And I remember seeing him crazy at the party crawling biting all that yeah. crazy stuff but you always saw him in the library yes see that's right. the thing about you damn yeah. cute you, you, you always seen him it was like night and day yes you, it's crazy because you'll see him in the library have his glasses look like a nerd right have his glasses on letterman jack he was a football player he'd be sitting there doing this little work or whatever not bothering anybody be in the corner and friday night who's this dude right dog collar Purple wig on, uh, you know how the bros. You went yeah, fam, yeah, so you already know. Yes, um, what you know, up, so, upside? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was just to see that multi-dimensional. Yes, right. Because I, I felt like as a bro, you didn't have to be this particular type of person. Exactly. Yep. You were free to be whoever you wanted to be. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what um that's what drew me to. So me. I was raised by an Omega. Okay. Yeah, my daddy plays in 1963. One side E 63. That's him. So uh, you know, I got a natural affinity towards the good bros. Um, you know, even though my bros are the alphas, but you know, I, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love, I love the Omegas. I definitely do. So how can people find more information about? Urban intellectuals, how can they get the card? Just tell mm-hmm. everybody all of your information. Absolutely. So if you want to um, get the Black History Flashcards, you can go to myblackhistoryflashcards.com. Again, that is myblackhistoryflashcards.com. Um, all of our social media tags is just at Urban Intellectuals. So that's on Facebook, on Instagram. That's where we're mostly um, doing a lot of busy stuff there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Before I let you go, what is your definition of cool? definition of cool mm-hmm. you know i have to say the first thing that popped in my head was me no, well just, hell I just, <laughs> when i think of cool i think of me too yeah you talking about no, yeah. <laughs> yep sure no, do you know what um my definition of cool is um being comfortable with who you are and that's you yeah completely you. you yeah absolutely chase this has been when i tell you I've done a lot of interviews. I have. I have. I really have. 
um, and they've all been amazing in their own right. But you, you, you might be top five. You might make me cry now. Nah, you Don't might. Make me cry you now. might be well, in I, the top. I got too much chest to be crying. Right, I know you might be in the top <laughs> in the top five. I truly, awesome. truly that means a lot. Yeah, Thank enjoyed you. this. Thank uh, you. Uh, man, TV is too short to really grasp all of who you are. Right, right. You know what I mean. So I'm really glad that we had a chance to really get in depth. Yeah. On the depth of who you are. Thank you. The very yeah. enlightened individuals yeah. that individual Thank that you are. So Thank you. Continue success on everything. Thank uh you. I definitely want to have you back when you you know, when when whenever the next product is yes. that you launch. And uh it's uh, my pleasure to have had you on. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Chase Harris, everybody. My name is Chase Harris. I am the VP of Urban Intellectuals and owner of Urban Money. And I am a cool bruh of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated. Kill old T. S-I-U Carbondale 10th D, baby. Uh, uh, uh.